All right, so folks, thank you very, very much for listening today. Um, on the phone with me, I have Kenneth Cribb. Kenneth is one of the owners of Willie Taco in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And I can say, I, you know, I have I have been to Willie Taco. I spent a couple of days there. Uh, we filmed Kenneth for Restaurant Owners on Court video series. And um, a few things I'll say uh, while I introduce Kenneth is, number one, um, this is sort of like a Mexican fusion place in Spartanburg, and their food is phenomenal. And one of the things we'll talk about today is um, their focus on preparation. But the food's fantastic. The design is really cool. They have just some unique things there that, you, that are memorable. Um, and I really enjoyed checking that aspect out. And furthermore, Kenneth is, um, over all the years that we've been kind of doing uh, the videos and, and other stuff, he is one of the hardest working guys I've ever come across. And to the point that uh, he, he inspired me that when I was kind of sitting there and we were filming, I kind of almost wanted to, like, go bust tables or something because he's out busting tables. He's filling water. He's talking to guests. He's just got his eye on the place all the time, and he's really focused and works really hard and leads by example. So, uh, And, uh, you know, just I'm really excited that he, that he was able to do this today. So, Kenneth, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for, for thinking of us, and thank you for the kind words and, you know, still, still remember vividly uh, the the uh, the visit you guys paid us. Uh, I guess about six months ago. And um, thanks for for all you and and your your colleagues at Schedulefly um, do for us. Oh yeah, man, sure, sure. We <clears throat> we love serving y'all. So um, you know, folks, uh, Kenneth and I before we kind of started recording here, we were just talking about the fact that I'm in Charlotte and. Kenneth's in Spartanburg, so he's like an hour, hour and a half uh, south of us. And, you know, we just don't get a lot of snow around this part of the country. And um, we got some today, and, you know, maybe an inch or whatever, but, you know, nothing's sticking to the roads. But around here, and it's very true where both of us live, you know, as soon as any snow starts falling, everybody, you know, kind of panics, goes to the store, they clear out the milk, the bread, school shut down, you know, businesses shut down. And the funny thing is, it's like the roads are kind of like if it rained, you know, right now, even though the snow is falling. But but Kenneth was telling me something interesting um, about uh, how they really try to stay open on these days, you know, when, it, when the roads are not dangerous. And, and uh, Kenneth, talk a little bit about that, about, you know, why you guys do that and how you get your staff there and all that. I thought that was really fascinating. Well, for for one thing, we're having this conversation about 1030 in the morning, and as soon as we're finished, I'm going to hit the showers and head into what we hope will be a busy lunch on this snow day. Um, the schools are closed. The roads are just fine. I mean, there's lots of beautiful snow on the, the lawns and on the tree line and, and all of that, and it's, it's pretty. But, um, frankly, I mean, there's <laughs> there's not much of a reason to be closed um, today. So we, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be busy, I know. Um, but there have been other days in our brief history we're we're a year and three months old um where the roads have been pretty bad and um pretty much every business in town closes um but uh we we like to take advantage of that fact and safely open our restaurant um and sort of broadcast loud and clear, hey, w when others are closed, you can count on Willie Taco to be open. Um, because there are still other people that have to be out in that stuff, um, whether it's paramedics or 
um, you know, firefighters or law enforcement or um, families in the surrounding neighborhoods that can walk to our restaurant. Um, you know, we're smack dab in the middle of suburbia, um, and there are lots of neighborhoods. And quite honestly, just like people, like businesses like to close during weather like this, um, families like to celebrate the snow day. And oftentimes, they're not just doing it at home. They're looking for a place to get out. Um, adults like to like to pony up to the bar and, and have fun with their, their buddies and um, drink cerveza and tequila. And um, we, uh, we love snow days around here. We've We've gone out of our way to 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 pick up I would say within a fifteen mile radius staff and take them to work and then take them home after the after the shift um and we we start talking it up um heading into the uh potentially nasty winter season. Hey guys, just keep in mind um when everyone else closes, we intend to be open um so you know, we we really haven't had to close at all because of, of wintry weather, whereas that's kind of the name of the game around here. Um, it was funny, the last the last uh, bit of icy, snowy, inclement weather we had, which was less than two weeks ago, in fact, it was last week, um, some of our uh, servers decided to kind of uh, have a, a preemptive slumber party just based on the forecast. And so, you know, they all um, probably had a really good time the evening before doing whatever it is they did. But the, uh, the point is they, they spent the night under the same roof, and it was a really easy pickup the next morning. Um, you know, those that live out in the hinterlands, out in the country, um, went ahead and, um, you know, we told them it probably wouldn't be necessary to, to come in. But those that, that live nearby, they all kind of, bunked up and we we made one pickup for for the front of house uh for that lunch and we had a lot of fun that day <laughs> that's great and that was a week ago when we got so we did get more of the ice here or the roads were <clears throat> maybe a little bit more dicey but you guys you guys just went and picked them up so good planning and your staff probably enjoy i mean that was a good good time for them so uh um, oh, yeah and and well you know the the public the public was just outspoken in the way they we're grateful for us being open. Um, People want to you know, go. We, we, they they want to play in the snow, maybe with the kids in the morning. But by, I mean, I have three kids. Like by lunchtime, you're like, <clears throat> I'm kind of got cabin fever here. I really want to get out. Like I want to go somewhere. But but if nothing's open, you're kind of stuck. So that's that's. Exactly. I bet you were probably really busy. We were really busy, and we made sure that we capitalized on it with our social media as well. Just really creative um, snow day type posts um that pertain to eating tacos and drinking beer and tequila um after you build your snowman. <laughs> well you know you got and y'all have been good you know you're I mean there's like there's using social media because it's there and then there's using it because it's a you have a it's a, an outlet for creativity and um I know y'all have done some neat things. Like I remember when you like you said you're about fifteen months old but when you guys were opening or before you opened or whatever, y'all had some really cool like funny videos that you made. I mean, I guess you paid somebody to help you produce those, so you put a little money into something, or, or maybe somebody did it for free or whatever. But they were they were professionally produced, and they were they had uh, they were fun, they were funny, they were engaging, and they were memorable. Which 
<clears throat> I thought y'all did a good job of that. So is that is that one of the things you think, you know, like there's like opening and creating buzz and getting people there, which I want to ask you about, and then I want to ask you about, you know, keeping them coming back 15 months later and kind of building that <clears throat> that long tail of, you know, um, recurring customers. But talk a little bit about what you all did before you were opening to, to create some buzz and to get people excited about Willie Taco. Well, there had been some, some buzz in the air for, for quite some time, just, just word of mouth, because my brother, William Cribb, and myself and his, his business partners um, and, and a cast of others um, started this newly expanded Cribb's Kitchen downtown, which was the outgrowth of a, of a, thir- a very successful, popular 30-seat kind of small bistro that expanded into a 150-plus feet um, big restaurant um, and, 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 and met some, some really good success. Um, my brother, who's the chef, and, and he's, he's, he's one heck of a chef, um, announced fairly early on after the expansion of Cribs Kitchen that he wanted to do a, a, an upscale Tex-Mex, um, which, you know, after we really started putting our heads together about it, kind of morphed into into what's called a fresh mex concept and then the more market research we did and the, the places that we that we visited which I can get into that a little bit later um but as we started refining and 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 producing the menu it sort of turned into more of a mexican fusion type concept but anyway the, the people the people knew just just by rumor that um basically william cribb was working on a Mexican type concept, which you know was pretty um, alluring and pretty, you know, it was pretty spectacular um, because around here we're, we're just used to, you know, the kind of typical um, Mexican food, you know, refried beans and fajitas and things like that, things that are that are they're really good and that we all crave every once in a while, but you know, certainly not chef inspired, and so. You know, William had really made a name for himself, and um, people were raving about his restaurant, Cribs Kitchen. And um, so, anyway, so the, the word of mouth was in the air. It was just kind of, where is it going to be? Who else going to be involved? What's it going to be called? Et cetera, et cetera. And that that went on for for months, if not if not a year. Um, and then the uh, the ownership team was formed um as i mentioned we did all this market research we settled on a space um the construction began and then all of a sudden people could could relate the rumor to to an actual physical space um the building started coming together the very last thing we did was put up the sign so no one knew the name until gosh Less than less than a week, I would say probably a couple of days before we opened. When we opened, we didn't do a, a huge um, announcement in the media or on social media or anything like that. We just opened our doors one day, and lo and behold, they came in droves. Um, so, uh, and then you know, we we had 
social media current leading up to, to the opening just a little bit. And then we, um, as we were able to develop some really amazing pictures of our of our restaurant, of our food, of our of our guests, um, we started building all this amazing content for social media, um, but not just with the typical food and and restaurant images that you see, you know, advertising specials, things like that. We had um, one of our partners, Richard Heatley, take the reins of the social media, who is just hilarious. I mean, he's a, he's a comedian, and he's extremely bright. And um, the two of us actually love to bounce ideas off each other for for social media. Um, you know, there 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 have been uh, instances where we've taken old movie clips and subbed out the words that are being spoken for 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 words that are that are uh mentioning Willie Taco, for instance, we've taken Gone with the Wind and we've taken Dumb and Dumber and just some other widely known the Godfather films and, and, and subbed out language um referring to Willie Taco. I know you're not just asking about social media, but um you know, uh so yeah, that's you know, this whole thing just sort of just sort of came together. Um, and there's a big buzz about it leading up to it. Um, so we were able to get them in the door just really by reputation, word of mouth, interest, intrigue. But obviously the way you keep them coming back is by blowing them away time after time with, with your, your, your food, beverage service, staying extremely consistent, um, and then motivating and grooming a really amazing team of associates to help you tackle the challenges. Um, you know, we've got very little turnover. What, why is that? Time. I mean, you guys, how are you able to do that? Because that's such a hard thing, and it's one thing for you to go out there and you do set a great example and you work extremely hard, and you truly are. You like you did inspire me. I, I you know, so, but like, how do you? Um, you say you motivate and groom a team of people uh, to, to, to do that. It's such a huge part of the business. Like there's a lot of people with good food, but the service is, uh, you know, lackluster, and that's a huge part of the overall experience that the customer has, uh, and it's in, such an important part. So h- how do you do that so well? You, you may be able to do it early on when everybody's excited, but here you are, you know, almost a year and a half into it. How do you keep people motivated and keep them engaged and working hard every day to – to make that experience so good for your customers? Well, you know, it's a, it's a really complicated thing, but we, we start by looking at the actual people that we're activating. Um, there are so many different kinds of people out there, and good, good people attract good people. And good people come in, in many different forms. Um, so we, we try to, to, to really indicate or really, really identify um, the very best individuals. And, you know, if they have a lot of restaurant experience, great. If, if they have a ton of restaurant experience, I mean, you know, over a decade, sometimes my initial response is, well, I won't hold that against you. But, um, you know, we, we look for people that have transferable skills, you know, if they're, 
college educated or if they've had some success in, in other fields or just, you know, if they're, if they're involved in the arts or, you know, just we, we look for creative, well-spoken, thoughtful, good, kind people. That, and obviously we look for responsible people, people that we know are going to show up on time and, 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 and work hard and just be honest with us and be honest with, with the guests. Is that um, right? you, no? You you can you can sort of figure out the you know the first part maybe through interviews. And I want to ask you a little bit about that. And then the second part of like, are they going to show up on time and be responsible? Is that just sort of a do you have like a probation period or whatever where you you have to you know just figure out whether that's going to be the case? Because a lot of people yeah. say I'm reliable, but then you know sure oh yeah all them. the time. But you know we, we started with sort of a, an all-star list of, of, of people that we knew in the market that would gladly pick up and come and work with us. And so we had this core group that really still remains today, um, a year and three months into it, of people that um, we, we knew personally, that we knew were talented, that, as I've mentioned earlier, were good people, responsible people. And lo and behold, they they, they followed us to, to Willie Taka. Um those people know other people, so referrals really, really come in hand. Um, and and yeah, we've we've hired um, a good many, you know, just coming in off the streets. Um, you know, John and Jane Doe's that we don't really know, but um, obviously they've got to start by having some pretty good credentials. Yes, um, uh, you know, we've got to uh, to interview them. I mean, we interviewed usually about three times. Um, you know, three different interviews with three different managers um, before we come to a, a consensus about whether we should hire them or not. And, and yeah, then there is kind of a two-week period where we're feeling them out, they're feeling us out. We want to make sure that we feel like they're the best fit for us and we want them to feel like we're the best fit for them as well. Um, you when, know, that when, we're just kind of... Go ahead. Well, when you, when you talk about... Uh, you made the comment, you kind of joked that, you know, if somebody says they have a lot of years of experience, you say, I won't hold that against you. But that's, I think that's a, tell me why you say that. Why? Because that's an important point, I think, um, uh, to consider when people maybe have done something a long time, maybe they're used to doing it their way. So is that part of why you say that? It is, it is. And I am pretty much joking about that. Um, But oftentimes you'll have, a server come in boasting 15 years of experience or, you know, a bartender um, coming in with over a decade of experience and, or you've seen that over, over the course of a decade, they've, they've worked in 18 different restaurants um, in, in the upstate of South Carolina, you know, um, that, you know, they're, they're journeymen. Um, and yeah, oftentimes in order to, to, to have people kind of, fit in with your plan, you've got to have them kind of unlearn some things, um, you know, kind of correct some some bad habits, um, you know, that sort of that sort of um grooming that that can be can be difficult at times, kind of kind of like breaking a wild stallion, you know. Um but that that doesn't really happen all that often. We have a pretty common sense system in place um, with common sense rules and a lot of perks and 
just a lot of feel-good activities that go on under our roof where and just a really good team to where you know really it's it's easy to come in and assimilate um with our people and with our with our game plan gotcha gotcha um you know do you guys uh you have four partners right there are five of you there are five of us there we have there are five partners and one very strong general manager. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then your your partnership group, you have a couple of you guys um, uh, are a little bit younger, or a couple of the guys are a little bit, you know, have a little bit more years or veteran uh, folks, and so you kind of come at it from, you know, different types of experience, exactly. maybe different perspectives. So there's probably, you know, some some good and bad things, and not bad, but like some, some positive things that make that work really well and then some challenges that come with that. Talk a little bit about how you all are able to pull that off uh, versus not having sort of like one person who owns and then just kind of directs from there. But you you have a good team and you kind of leverage each other's strengths really well, it seems to me. Yeah, it's 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 a, a really beautiful balance. Um, there are three of us that are in our early 30s. And there are two two of us that are closer to sixty, and so it's really this beautiful marriage of youthful exuberance, creativity, spontaneity, um, grab the bull by the horns, let's go, let's go. Um, that is tempered with experience, um, prudence. Uh, thoughtfulness. Um, so it's it's just it's just a really it's a really great balance um, of, of of skills and life experiences. You know, I think the three of us that are that are in our our early thirties have have learned a lot from our um, more seasoned peers. Um, they've been around the block numerous times and have a lot of lessons to, to impart. And yeah, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes because those of us that are constantly putting these off the wall fun ideas in the pipeline, um, you know, having having our more experienced peers sometimes, you know, poke holes in things um, or throw wet blankets on, on things. Um, yeah, it can be it can be frustrating at times, but um, there's very little of that, that that takes place, and it's almost always done for the right reason. You know, there's just no substitute for experience. So, um, you know, even though we've we've uh, us younger ones have seen some some limited success in the restaurant business, there's just no um, accounting for a, a long tenured experience in this in this business. I mean, our partners Bill and Eric, um, who are a little bit older than us, I mean they've 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 experienced thirty, forty years of 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 proven success in the in the restaurant biz. And so it's just been a, a beautiful marriage and it's been and it's been a privilege um and an honor really for for us because we're we're getting to cut our teeth kind of right out of the gate learning from from some of the best and um sort of developing skill sets that'll they'll carry us through the rest of our professional careers 
what's what's something you think you learned from them that maybe you didn't really think about going in that now you've kind of said, you know what, these guys, they know what they're talking about, and here's something that I, I may not have thought before that I do now. Sure. Well, the easiest the easiest thing to bring up that comes to mind most immediately is the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we, we're we're in the restaurant business. Um, good food, you must have. Good service, you must have. A beautiful, clean facility, you must have. Um, amazing ambiance, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and so. You know, we 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 started to understand with their leadership, um, including our our general manager, um, who is in his early 40s. So he's got he's got some um, some years on us too. Um, we're we're starting to understand the science behind things. Um, we have a very good feel for our food costs. We have a very good feel for our labor costs, for our beverage costs, um, and so we under, we have we have um we have the numbers to 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 back up um our activities um and we're getting together every week during the one day that we're closed monday um for hours to discuss uh the numbers from the prior week and we know what a good week looks like what a bad week looks like we're we're knee deep right now in a menu rewrite. We've got all these amazing new dishes we're about to put out and drinks and um but for each one we've already developed menu uh excuse me, recipes that are costed out. So not only do we know that a product is gonna be delicious and and, and and beautiful and, and and pleasing to the eyes and, and, and to the palate, but we also know what it's gonna cost us. And um so so that's the most immediate response as far as that's concerned. I mean they they bring a certain business understanding and business acumen to the table that um just wouldn't wouldn't really be expected of of us young bucks, you know? Sure, sure, which is such a huge, huge part of it. The the business of the business. Um, uh, now, do you and you guys are even you're even closed on Mondays in, in part to you know kind of manage that that critical piece of the business, right? Yeah, we're we're closed on Mondays, and we decided about two weeks before we opened our doors. Hey guys, I know that we wanted to be a seven day a week thing, but what what do you think about? closing on Mondays just so that we have, you know, we bring a professional cleaning crew in to clean the restaurant. Um, we put our heads together and we brainstorm and, and just synergize in all different kinds of ways. Um, one of our business partners lives in Atlanta and he's always on, on the, uh, on the telephone listening in. Um, you know, we're going over the numbers. We've, we've done food inventory. We've done beverage inventory. Um, there's a lot to discuss. And, you know, we take that time to kind of reflect on the success of the prior week, and we also focus in on the opportunities that we have to improve. Um, We discuss personnel, um, and, you know, Mondays serve as a really critical time for us to to, to sharpen our, our game. 
I really like that because I think, you know, there's this idea like, you know, hey, we, if we're open seven days and that's, you know, seven days of revenue and all this kind of stuff, but you never have the chance to truly stop during the week and just take a breath and say, okay, let's get back to, you know, the important pieces. Uh, let's, like you said, reflect on what's happened. You know, right. celebrate maybe some things you did well. Think about, okay, well, these are the things we could improve on this week. Like, what a great way to then turn around and you probably just come roaring out of the gates on Tuesday, fired up and ready to roll again. Whereas if it's like a seven-day 365, there's like no chance to, to really just kind of stop, decompress, and reset every week. So that's, that's a that's really right. smart way to do it. And you guys, it's not myopic, like, because, you know, you're not thinking, oh, well, we're we're missing that day of, you know, two-day parts worth of revenue. You're thinking long-term for the long success of this business to endure, this is something that's a critical piece of it. It's just to stop on a weekly basis and do the things you do on Mondays. Yeah, and, and, you know, and to add to that, I mean, it is one day that every single one of our staff members can count on having a day off. Mm, yeah. Um, and and it's, a, it's a good day for us, too. We get in and work a half day. And um, you know, take the second half of the day off, and it's, you know, we kind of collectively lick our wounds from the from the, the prior week, and 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 like you said, yeah, we hit the ground running Tuesday morning. Awesome, awesome. Um, t- tell me, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the market research y'all did because you spent a lot of time, you know, as you put together, and it's cool. Like you had this a good advantage that William, your brother, had built a successful restaurant, so his name was well-known around town, it was popular, so you had this kind of advantage of, okay, well, when he announces that he's going to, uh, but you still had to go spend, like, it's not like just doing that and going, okay, well, let's do Mexican Fusion and we figure out a menu and roll. You you actually traveled around to a, a bunch of places in the southeast to see what they were doing, get ideas of things that people were doing well, things that, you know, you might just kind of like you could tuck away as brainstorm ideas. So talk about why y'all did that and why it was important uh, to the process of, of getting sure. the market started. That was a really fun part of the process. And, you know, we all had day jobs when we dreamed this thing, started dreaming this thing up. So we weren't in a huge hurry. I mean, we wanted to strike while the iron was hot and, and the talk was the talk was, was, was out there about this potential new concept, um, but we started by touring a bunch of really uh, amazing taquerias in the greater Atlanta area. Um, we would visit concepts that we thought were kind of germane to the to the kind of food and, and, and drink and atmosphere we wanted to, to cultivate, um, but then we also visited restaurants that um, weren't necessarily Mexican anything, um, but that we just liked the feel uh, of them, whether it was the interior or, I mean, even the bathrooms, you know, if you if like the way they, they did the bathrooms, um, uh, or, or, or the, the, the actual physical bar, the bar top, or um, the R on the walls, or, or just the, the mode of service. Um, so we're just we were just kind of absorbing all these different different details, taking notes, sometimes physical, sometimes just mental. Um, sometimes we would just go into a place and have a good time. Um, but we went to probably, gosh, I would say about 
a dozen places in the greater Atlanta area. And um, as we were developing our team, um, you know, one of one of our our guys that we 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 hadn't even really brought him on board yet as far as being our our partner, but um, Richard, who I mentioned earlier, who's in charge of among other things the social media, he, he's the one that lives in, in the Atlanta area, and they have an abundance of really amazing, fun, uh, fresh restaurant concepts. And he uh, was our tour guide um, during that first um, market research stint, and he put together a binder of sort of um, intel about these different places with pictures and little bullet points, and we just we just started attacking the uh, – the Atlanta area, and um, and that was just uh, really eye-opening. Um, we then went down to Charleston, South Carolina, and spent some time at some really great concepts in that in that area, which is kind of a, a mecca of restaurant activity. Um, I mean, it's it's really unsurpassed in the United States. Um, we we went to some places in Charlotte, your your stomping ground. Um, we even went all the way down to Jacksonville, Florida, to a place called Taco Lou, which in many respects is kind of the, the godfather of of our kind of concept of the uh of the the chef driven taqueria. Um and 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 just the sort of uh the party atmosphere um that they bring to the table is is really amazing. Um Taco Lou was was really kind. The owners, Don and Debbie Nickel, brought us in during a day when they were closed and gave us a tour of the facilities, um, kind of showed us the behind-the-scenes um, details of, of their operation and uh, even had us sit in on a tequila training that they were doing by Ca- uh, Casa Noble, um, tequila maker. Um, and sort of the knowledge that we received from Don and Debbie uh, was was very um, valuable. Um, so we we had a lot of a lot of help along the way, just um, from from really hospitable restaurant tours. I mean, some knew that we were coming, some some didn't. You know, we 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 flew under the radar a good bit as well, um, but. The whole time we were just learning all that we could um, about how other people did their business, and Willie Taco was kind of kind of synthesis of of things that we that we liked that we saw on the road. Um, you know, we avoided things that that we didn't like, and you know, we we already had a a pretty a pretty good menu in the, in the work. Um, you know, my, my brother William's food is, is phenomenal. And, um, we just picked up on a lot of, a lot of, uh, crucial details out there learning from, from other restaurateurs. What is an example of something you guys learn? Like when you say crucial, like what do you mean? Like service details or food details or just like, what? well, it was, it was, it was more, you know, it's hard. It's hard to pick up on on actual concrete things, but you know, we would know the way some people did their uniforms, for instance, front of house. 
you know, some some had bistro bistro aprons, some had no aprons at all. Um, some were conservative, some were were loud. Um, you know, we noticed the music, we noticed just the the atmosphere. We obviously noticed what was on our plate. Um, you know, some people did corn tortillas, other people did flour tortillas. Some people um, quickly fried their tortillas. Um, standard. Um, it was clear that you know some products were were frozen or, or or whatever and brought in. Others we could we could tell were extremely fresh. Um, it was more it was more just kind of taking our um, approach and 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 you know gaining reinforcement or or confidence by comparing what we intended to do versus what others were doing. You know, we could go back and and look at a menu item, for instance, and compare ours to, to theirs and say, oh man, you know, they do it pretty pretty well, but gosh, what we're doing here is so it's so good and I'm so glad that, you know, we're doing it this way. Um or, you know, um just just taking Taking things other people were doing and 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 just you you know using using those lessons to to kind of sharpen um, what we already had in mind um, you know if it, that's kind of a kind of a convoluted way of of, of answering your question but you know nothing nothing immediately comes to to mind just just sort of details reinforcing other details. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I hear it. that makes total sense. So. That was clearly a, just a really, I mean, I'm imagining you would agree that was a really important piece was to take the time to do that. And clearly you yeah. all learned a lot. Some of it through osmosis, some of it through specificity and, uh, you know, something you liked or didn't like or whatever. But um, I would imagine if, would you say that if somebody was, you know, able to and was thinking of starting their own place and had the, you know, the wherewithal and the time and perhaps maybe the the funds to do it, that, that that's a that's an important piece of the, the process. Taking the time to do market research? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I you know, I think that any any successful restaurateur is a student of the game and whether you're just I mean, if you talk to any of us, I think that we would all agree that our favorite thing to do during our downtime is go eat and drink in other people's establishments. And um, so, you know, we're foodies and um, and we like good food and, 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 and a good atmosphere and good service. So, it, you know, it, it might be as simple as just taking mental notes on the way your favorite establishments conduct business just from from the eyes of a guest um to yeah getting out you know getting on the on the internet um and and doing the research i mean the internet makes things pretty easy i mean you can look at, at what people are doing in, in major markets out there um there are a lot of great websites out there um there's there's facebook um and and social media um so you can either pound the pavement and actively uh actively go on field trips, which if you have the time and resources to do that, it's invaluable. Um, you know, take to go menus, um, 
collect as much data as you can, um, surf the web, and then just be a more, you know, be a more alert consumer when you're out in the field um, at your favorite eateries and watering holes, you know? I like that. Every rest, every successful restaurant is a student in the game. I really like that a lot. That's not, that's that's a really uh, good way to put it. Um, well, one more thing. I know you're busy, and I want to let you go, but I do want to ask you um, before you go in and uh, enjoy the uh, the quote snow day. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you um, you know, like I've heard people talk about you know whether to work on the business or work in the business, and you do both. And you've talked a little bit about you know, particularly on Mondays, you're you're very much working on the business, but you very much work in the business. Not just as uh, you know, it was interesting because I know when we did the interview for the videos, you talked about how like you you spend and I saw, I mean, you spend a lot of time in the front of the house, you spend a lot of time visiting guests, but it's not just like you said, it's not just like uh, you might get in some places where you would say, you know, hi, I'm Kenneth, how are you today, how was your food, you know, sort of this, like, scripted thing that you get. I mean, any of us that go out and eat, you know, you, you get that in certain places, and you're kind of like, this guy is just going through the motions and following a script and doing, uh, like, checking off a checklist. But you kind of go, and you're like, like you said to me, I take filling waters, refilling waters is a way to engage my customers, and I thought that was really cool because you have – like you're you're providing some value, you're giving them more water, but then that's your opportunity to talk to them, and it's, you have a meaningful conversation. But talk about why you do everything from the waters to you know you'll 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 you know take sauces out or you know run food out or bus tables or whatever. Like why do you think that's an important thing for you? Do you just enjoy it, or do you think it's uh, you know important for you to show leadership that way, or you know why are you doing that? Yeah, for a few different reasons. Um, you know, doing those those physical things um, all over the restaurant uh, allow you to, to really have your hand in, in the, the overall front-of-house op- operations of the restaurant, which you, you know things are, are going to be done to your standard if people are just able to kind of mimic what you're doing or, um, or you know, if you're just filling, filling in those roles from time to time, whether – you know, I'm the one putting a personal touch on on greeting and and seating a table. Um, you know, I'm out there bussing tables, making sure they're clean, but keeping an eye on things in the in the dining room, looking for for body language. Um, you know, making sure there aren't slow greets, things like that. Um, pre-bussing, uh, running food. Those are all opportunities to make sure that these little things are being done well, but as you're as you're doing them, you're also keeping an eye on on the entire dining room, um, and they're also really good opportunities to to touch tables, to to have interactions with guests. Sometimes they're as simple as um, a "How is everything?" or a "Thank you so much for coming out," or "What do you think about this special here that we're doing today?" Love to get your feedback on that, or Man, you did a good job cleaning your plate. Good job, brother. You know, it's something something playful, um, but it's genuine. And it's short and sweet unless they sort of invite you into a longer conversation. I'm I'm very cognizant of the fact that they our guests aren't coming necessarily to dine with me. They're coming to dine with each other and to experience 
what we do um, in our dining room, but um, those gestures, the the big smile, the eye contact, the the, the heartfelt thank you, um, those things do not go unnoticed by the guest, and those are more impactful to me than just coming up and sort of cold calling on tables and saying, well, hey, I'm I'm the manager on duty. Um, how was everything? Um, you know, the scripted sort of sort of drudgery of um, of, of sort of business as usual um, that you know that you find in other other restaurants that we've all experienced. I mean, you know, what's more <laughs> what's more invasive to uh, to your your dining experience than than some you know manager coming up to your table and, and, and sort of without permission taking out 15 minutes of your of your dining experience just spouting out, you know, scripted robot language, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, and also, also though, Will, I mean, it's leading, it's leading by example. Um, you, you know, you really um, can earn the trust and, and respect of your colleagues if, if they know that that you've got their back and that you're working just as hard as they are, in fact, you're doing a lot of the less glorious type work, you know, the busting of tables. If there's a spill, I mean, I'm quick to, to grab something to clean it up, um, checking on the restrooms to make sure they're tidy, um, running food. Um, in many ways, what I'm trying to do is do all the mundane stuff so that it leaves our service staff with nothing but time to spend with the guests. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, you you, you do. I mean, you, you really do. And uh, I know you've heard me say that before a lot, but, I mean, I, I really was uh, very inspired uh, when I was there. I told Luke, Luke's our film guy for those of you listening, so while he's filming and I'm kind of sitting there with not a lot to do but maybe read or something, I, I literally kind of was like, I, I just... Like I just kind of want to go work. <laughs> like got me fired up. So it's awesome to see, you, man. So well, listen. Um, thank you and good luck today. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here looking out, and I imagine the same as in as in Spartanburg. There's like a dusting of snow, maybe a half an inch. The roads are completely fine, so all these things are closed. So I hope you guys crush it today. Um, and thank uh, but thanks for thanks for taking the time, man. You're awesome. You guys are awesome. You have an awesome team there. There's like 20 other things I want to talk to you about, so maybe we'll do another one of these one time. God, but I love I do you. respect your time, man. So thank you. Oh, please. You guys are always here for us, and 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 we love the work you guys do, and and I'm I'm here for you anytime you want to talk about Willie Taco in the future. Um, we're we 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 love uh we love what's going on at 930 East Main Street. And, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Lots, lots of, lots of good things happening. So, you know, if you're ever in the area, um, please come join us. Dude, join check it Fiesta. out. That's right. Yeah, dude, because you will not regret it. It's awesome food. It's awesome service. Everything about that place is really cool. So, if you're in Spartanburg or even Greenville, South Carolina, kind of neighboring Greenville, just go there and uh, and and you will enjoy it. I, I guarantee it. So, Kenneth, thank you, man, and um, thank you to everybody on your team. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Will. All right, man. See you. See you, bud.